Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It's Friday, May 5th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with Adrian Bluss for Daily News Roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, fishy numbers, top headlines, and more. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin is down, Ether is up slightly, and markets showing mixed results in early morning trading. Meanwhile, the latest meme coin craze, this one focused on the Ethereum-based reboot of frog-themed Pepe coin, is up almost 80% in the last 24 hours. So that's how things are going in markets today. Yikes. Long-time observers are essentially split on what happens from here, though. CryptoQuant data says that there's both high selling pressure because of an uptick in exchange reserves, but at the same time, there's a high premium on Coinbase and in Korean markets, indicating that there's a lot of buying pressure. Meanwhile, over in the world of macroeconomic signals, China's economy looks like it's slowing down, even by official metrics. Singapore's QCP Capital said in a recent note that the market is confused and rangy because it's caught between two minds. Quote, this lack of direction has led to an absolute crushing of implied volatility across asset classes, the firm wrote. Conflicting narratives of a hawkish Fed and strong employment, although we'll talk about that in a bit, along with sticky inflation, are holding back breaking to new highs, while positioning in the US dollar is heavily skewed to the short side, again according to QCP. Elsewhere, the official unemployment rate in the US is 3.4% after today's numbers, down from 3.5% last month, although that also is a bit questionable against expectations of 3.6%. We're going to talk about this more in the headlines. The price of Bitcoin fell about 1% in the minutes following the news, but has since recovered to its recent range above $29,000. Though slowing modestly in recent months, the employment picture, at least as measured by Beltway bureaucrats, has remained, quote, strong, end quote, giving the U.S. Federal Reserve at least one piece of cover to justify continued interest rate increases, even as more banks seemingly teeter on the edge, even just at current rates. And of course, the U.S. Central Bank is desperate to bring down official levels of inflation, which were largely ignored, described as transitory, and allowed to grow to the major problem that they remain today. The Fed's goal, at least in theory, is to get official measures of inflation back to that 2% target, although the cost that will be required to accomplish that makes it, in my opinion, unlikely that that'll happen. At its meeting earlier this week, the Fed raised the benchmark Fed funds rate for the 10th consecutive time, bringing the targeted range to between 5 and 5.25%, up a staggering 1,900% from the start of last year. But the central bank did indicate that it might consider a pause in its rate hike cycle going forward. That decision to pause will likely be decided by whether banks continue to fail. If they do so, the hiking has to stop, even if inflation remains extremely high. 
If the Fed's bailout facilities, though, and other measures can keep banks solvent, or at least in business, even as interest rates continue to rise, well, the Fed is still probably done, because it's not just banks, but the housing market, the cost of government debt, among many other factors that are already problems today, but become much bigger problems for Jerome Powell if rates go much higher. Elsewhere, analysts at alternative asset management firm Valkyrie Investments are closely monitoring what looks like a head-and-shoulders bearish reversal pattern on Bitcoin's daily chart. The popular technical analysis pattern is characterized by two rallies, or shoulders, flanking a bigger one, representing the head. Chart analysts see it as a sign of an impending bullish to bearish shift in the market trend, which means it's not good for traders who want higher prices. And it's pretty typical for market participants to start taking more bearish bets once those prices drop under the trend line connecting the first and second troughs. Quote, high time frame trend metrics remain firmly bullish. A near-term bearish reversal chart pattern has emerged, although not classically meeting the textbook criteria for a head and shoulders, price action since March 19th has painted an extreme high with flanking lower highs, Valkyrie's analysts wrote in a note to clients earlier this week. Continuing, if price breaches below the neckline, a suggested target zone of 24,000 is possible based on the measured depth of the pattern extended below the neckline, end quote. In other news, Ether, the second largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization, is following a similar pattern and had traded down but is right now back above our price yesterday. The world's leading smart contract platform is becoming costlier to use as the latest meme coin mania has investors turning millions for a frog-themed token called Pepe. The daily median gas price or transaction cost hit a 12-month high earlier this week. And the cost to use the Ethereum network has increased by more than 50% since the launch of the Pepe token back on April 18th, according to a pseudonymous analyst's tools on Dune Analytics. The increase represents strong demand for the Ethereum network, mainly from meme coin traders, according to analytics firm Coinmetrics. So the big question for crypto markets, of course, is what's next? Here are a few points worth considering from the chart watchers. First, trading volumes for Bitcoin and Ether have been declining and trail their 20-day moving averages. That could suggest that investors are basically in wait-and-see mode, with those who wanted to get out having gotten out, and those who wanted to get in having gotten in. And now, really, it's just a question of what happens next, where we'll see the equilibrium shift. Second, Bitcoin and Ether have largely decoupled from traditional assets. While Bitcoin started the year tightly correlated with U.S. equity indexes, that relationship has essentially evaporated. And that suggests that investors are now thinking differently about Bitcoin, in contrast to Wall Street assets, at least for now. Third, perpetual funding rates for BTC and ETH remain positive. That's an indication of bullishness. And except for the day Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, that's been true for much of the year to date. And finally, whales, so-called, are accumulating both Bitcoin and Ether, which the chart watchers tell us is a sign of bullish markets to come. All told, the top two digital assets appear to have branched out on their own. While today's economic news will have some impact on prices, the extent to which it does will likely differ from traditional financial assets. And that's an interesting trend to watch moving forward. Today's crypto coverage comes courtesy of Coindesk markets analysts Lila Ledesma, Glenn Williams, and Stephen Alfer. Bitcoin is currently trading at $29,027. That's down just a little bit over one-tenth of 1% over the last 24 hours, while Ether is trading at $1,911 per token. That's up just a little bit more than half a percentage point over the same time period, according to the Coindesk Market Index. And speaking of the Coindesk Market Index, we're looking at an absolute reading this morning of 1,272. That compares against yesterday's reading of 1,276 and represents a 0.3% loss across top-traded tokens on the day. And now, with traditional markets, here's Adrian Blost. Thank you, Adam. U.S. regional bank shares rebounded in pre-market trading this morning, leading to a broader rally in equity markets on either side of the Atlantic, while government bond prices sank after fresh data suggested the U.S. labor market remains resilient despite higher interest rates. In the U.S., the tech-heavy Nasdaq led the gains, ticking up just under one and two-thirds of a point, while the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average both gained 1.4%. 
In Europe, major indices also gained with Germany's DAX climbing one point while the regional stock 600 gained three-fourths of a percent. London's FTSE 100, meanwhile, gained two-tenths of a point. In Asia, stocks were mixed, with Hong Kong Sang Seng Index leading the gains at half a point higher. Mainland China's Shanghai Composite Index, meanwhile, lost half a point. Japan's Nikkei 225, meanwhile, remained closed for the holiday. In commodities markets, Brent crude, the global benchmark for oil, gained 4.1%, trading at $75.73 per barrel. Gold, meanwhile, is trading just under 1.5% down at $2,012 per troy ounce. Today's traditional market coverage draws from the FT and MarketWatch. Thanks so much for that, Adrian. Stay tuned for After the Break, and we'll dig into some top headlines. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners, Adam B. Levine here with some exciting news. As of Monday, May 1st, you'll be able to find Markets Daily on the Coindesk Podcast Network, as well as this feed that you currently subscribe to. The Coindesk Podcast Network actually is something that I started when I was a managing editor at Coindesk and has tons of interesting content that'll take you beyond the headlines and provide a wide array of perspectives, which is something very important to me. We've got a very special program to share with you on May 1st to kick off this next era in the history of Markets Daily. So go check it out. Give it a follow. You'll find the link in the show notes. And thanks for listening. Welcome back. This morning's job report came in above consensus expectations, at least on the surface. Mainstream economists expected the number to show some 185,000 added jobs, which would have been a decline from last month's number, but instead saw a print of 235,000 jobs added, which pushed the official unemployment rate down to 3.4% instead of increasing it to the expected 3.6%. All told, the numbers feel a bit fishy for a couple of reasons and have for quite some time. Today's print is a full three standard deviations higher than the expectation, and while that's not the biggest miss in this particular data set over the last year, it's still exceptionally unlikely. It's also worth noting that while this is the 13th consecutive job report to come in better than expectations, and that hot streak, by the way, is now triple the previous outlier record, which was four months in a row, going back to the turn of the century, today's release also revealed a massive downward adjustment in prior months, which had supposedly been outperformers too, but which the federal government is now acknowledging were not. March's 236,000 jobs added number, which beat expectations of 230,000 for mainstream economists, was revised down to a frankly awful 165,000 added, while February saw its blowout 326,000 number drop to under 250. All told, these adjustments saw nearly 150,000 jobs that we were told proved the jobs market was strong and could survive further central bank recklessness, essentially statistic out of existence. So, if you believe these people, things are going great. Personally, I'm going to start waiting for the revisions before I can take any of this seriously. We've got Zero Hedge's deep dive into the internals, though, linked in the show notes if you'd like to dig in. Meanwhile, the U.S. regulatory crackdown is pushing some American crypto firms to look for opportunities overseas. Too big to fail bank JP Morgan said in a research report out yesterday, quote, The U.S. arm of Binance has called off its deal with Voyager, while Coinbase launched Coinbase International, a crypto derivatives exchange outside the U.S., as a proactive measure in response to rising U.S. regulatory pressures. Analysts at the firm wrote. The crackdown has increased pressure on crypto firms, JP Morgan said, but more importantly, there's still no clarity on important issues such as Ether's status as a security, which will ultimately impact the cryptocurrency's demand and liquidity, and of course the ability for legal U.S. companies to build on top of it or otherwise use it. The regulatory clampdown has also, quote, deterred institutional investors from engaging with crypto, end quote, and because of this, investors are buying gold rather than Bitcoin, as a hedge against a potential, quote, catastrophic scenario, end quote. Coindesk's Will Canny has all the details on this one. Elsewhere, 
French bank BNP Paribas is promoting the use of China's digital yuan by linking wallets to bank accounts, the South China Morning Post reported this morning. The bank's corporate clients will be able to connect to China's central bank digital currency, or CBDC, or ECNY, as it's known, through a connection to the Bank of China system. The Bank of China is one of eight banks authorized to handle China's digital currency business. The system will link clients' quote, digital yuan wallet to their bank accounts, end quote, to enable efficient real-time and convenient use of the CBDC, BNP said in a statement according to the report. Coindesk's Jamie Crawley reports on what is probably the most interesting story in central bank digital currencies. This will be one to watch. In other news, fraud claims against Alex Mashinsky are, quote, baseless, end quote, and come from online misinformation. Celsius Network's co-founder and former CEO said in response to a lawsuit brought by New York State. In a Tuesday filing, Mashinsky's lawyers responded to claims by New York Attorney General Letitia James that he had misled investors about the now-failed crypto lender's financial health while he was chief executive. The complaint, quote, parrots misinformation online about Mashinsky and Celsius Network LLC, borrows others' baseless conclusions, and demonstrates a fundamental misunderstanding of Celsius's business and Mashinsky's role therein, said the filing, which seeks to dismiss the lawsuit. That bankruptcy filing, which was made back in June, was due to the calamitous external events that were outside the control of Celsius or its CEO, the filing added. It alleges that James, quote, cynically cherry-picks fragments of statements and sound bites, end quote, of YouTube videos made to reassure investors. Coindesk's Jack Schickler reports on another one of those stories that is, if you can't be a shining example, at least be a horrible warning. We'll see what happens with this one. And finally, bankrupt crypto exchange FTX wants to claw back nearly $4 billion in funds from similarly bankrupt Genesis Global Capital, the company said in a court filing Wednesday. Genesis was largely repaid the nearly $8 billion in loans made to Alameda Research, an FTX-affiliated entity in the weeks leading up to FTX's bankruptcy in November, the motion said. Genesis is a subsidiary of digital currency group Coindesk's parent company. Genesis filed for bankruptcy itself in January. According to Wednesday's filing, Alameda repaid $1.8 billion in loans to Genesis and pledged $273 million to Genesis in the 90 days before the various FTX companies filed for bankruptcy. Genesis also withdrew another $1.6 billion from FTX, while Genesis Global Capital International withdrew another $213 million in the same period. Coindesk's Nick Day has the details. Thanks for listening. And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, send the show an email at podcast at coindesk.com or you can email me directly at adamlevine at coindesk.com. If you like what we're doing, we always appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts or your preferred listening platform. This episode was produced by Adrian Blust and myself with further support from the podcast team over at coindesk.com. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Markets Daily. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.